Right, hello, welcome to Do The Franchise, a very special episode with Jake and James. It worked, James, I could hear you. <laughs> hey, we're, we're doing this. This is a thing that's happening. This is actually happening. So this has taken me and James a long time to figure out. Um, we're still in lockdown-ish. It's it's sort of the post-lockdown lockdown now, isn't it? We're in the sort of the lower levels of lockdown, but still ultimately in lockdown. I can go for a longer walk, but my hair is also long enough to be considered sentient and <laughs> possibly have a vote. I wanted to know if, if the lower lockdown means that you can spend more time in supermarkets dicking about. Because there's people in my supermarkets that just stood at aisles, looking at stuff, picking up different yoghurt and comparing them. I'm thinking, I thought we're out for essentials. Is this not an essentials thing? <laughs> my my favourite thing is that we've been told, uh, this will date it terribly, but we, we've been told we can go and drive anywhere we want if we drive. Yeah, I don't, but we can drive as far as we want. So people have thought, great, I can go to the beach. Yeah. What they haven't said is that none of the public services like Luz or anything like that are open. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people are going to drive to the beach. They won't be able to buy an ice cream because those places aren't open. Yeah, they they won't be able to go closed. to the loo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's basically nothing... Nothing's there, but you can go to the coast. Yeah, there was this really weird message that, again, we're probably going off on a bit of a tangent, but there's this really weird message I heard, which was, you can drive anywhere for a day out as long as you can drive back the same day, but don't go to Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just general advice? Don't go to Wales. I don't know. Maybe it's government advice. Um, yeah. So this is a very special episode of Do The Franchise because this is the first ever watch-along episode that me and James are doing. Yeah, it's like if you've ever experienced a director's commentary, it's like that, but less in, you know incisive and yeah, yeah, full of our own random thoughts. Yeah, it's not an educational experience. It isn't going to be that informative. It is mainly going to be me and James talking about a film as we're watching a film. Um, but hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, what we're going to do in a few minutes is we'll set our timers to the same time as everybody listening. So you can basically what we want you to do is go and get Back to the Future, download it, buy it. Don't torrent it. There's no need for that. Don't do that. Um, no. <laughs> and then put it on your TV, Mac, PC, whatever you might be using, iPad, future. And then what you're going to do is basically play Back to the Future at the same time as me and James play ours, and we will be watching it together. That makes sense, doesn't it? That that makes perfect sense to me. Ho hopefully that makes sense to me, because then this will all work. Mm. This might be a bad time to tell you this, James, but I've actually run out of tea already. <laughs> so you might just lose energy halfway through yeah if you don't hear anything from the other side have gone to sleep right so what i'm gonna do james you said yours was one minute what was it 56 yeah one minute 56 okay i'm on one minute 51 um we'll get ready and sync sync it up in a second uh one thing i did want to run through before we start was uh, the importance behind Back to the Future. So the reason James and I have chosen Back to the Future now uh, is because it's just about coming up to the 35th year anniversary of this film's original release. So 35 years, James, since Marty McFly went Back to the Future. Mad. That That is mad. Uh, being that I am 35, uh, this is <laughs> really weird. This film has been on this planet pretty much the same length of time as me. Yeah, and if you don't uh, if you don't feel old yet, it's 2020, so it's exactly five years uh, further in the future than Marty ever went. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my hoverboards and flying cars? It 
bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood uh, lied to us, Jake. Uh, this is so good. So IMDb actually gave this 8.5 out of 10, which I thought was incredibly low for IMDb. Um, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes went up with a 97% score. That's got that's worthy, isn't it? I think it's definitely up there in the top nines and tens. Oh, definitely. Like I can forgive the odd three percent taken off. You might not like some sort of supporting yeah. character or something like that, but yeah. for the most part, pretty much a near perfect film. Right. Are we ready, James? Everyone, sync up your your respective Back to the Future play needles. Um, James, I am going to play in three, two. One. Right. My uh, disk drive made a funny noise there. I'm hoping it's... Oh, it is a Universal logo. I'm working. <laughs> oh, good, good. I also have a Universal... This is a great commentary, isn't it? We can see the Universal logo. That looks like... Uh, I can see my house from here. I can hear I can hear your audio and your Universal logo. Oh. Can you not hear that? I can hear Loud. you. you. You can hear... Right. My universal. Right, I'm paused on Steven Spielberg presents. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm still on a universal logo, but like the old one. Yeah. Okay. Should we just play? And if we have to pause, we'll pause. We'll cut this bit out. Yeah. It's a Steven Spielberg film, um, but it's not really. It's actually a Robert Zemeckis film. <laughs> Surprise! It's like that Tom Cruise moment where he rips the mask off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's it's Tom Cruise playing a character who's also playing another character who looks like Tom Cruise. It makes no sense. Right? Are you are you what? Is it on? Yeah, I'm watching uh, Clocks. Clocks yep. are good. Christopher Lloyd, excellent man. Leah Thompson. Um, again, I don't see her a lot since this. I haven't really seen her in anything else. No. No. One of the most bizarre actors in this entire film is probably Crispin Glover. Um, he did, after the fame of Back to the Future, went and did like some really strange semi-pornographic films. Um, apparently, when Leah Thompson came around to his house to read lines for this movie, um, he his house, his room, his front room in his house was just completely painted black, and there was just like a steel operating table in the middle of the room. <laughs> so weird. That is weird. Right. Oh, the coffee machine's empty. <laughs> okay, oh. this is one of Doc Brown's inventions, right? I like yeah. this bit with the TV because this is they're talking about um, the plutonium going missing. That's so funny. I just love the fact that they would report on plutonium going missing. Like, I don't think yeah. many many places would. Also, don't think that if you had lost your plutonium and you were a terrorist organization, you wouldn't put out a call for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine ISIS looking for their plutonium and they're asking the media to see if they can put a call out to find it. Like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> also, does the government? If the government knows about the plutonium that's that's being used by terrorists, they're not gonna like. They're not gonna let us know about that, are they? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I, it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like a good sort of safety announcement to make, would it? By the way, um, we're not quite sure where the plutonium is. <laughs> that dog ball ain't been cleaned in a while. <laughs> I do like all the little machines in Doc's uh, in Doc's house, though. They're really funny. 
It's it's brilliant. It's it's sort of like the whole Wallace and Gromit thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like a precursor, a better version of Wallace and Gromit than Wallace and Gromit is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this film gave birth to so many things. Like like you say, like the inventions, the gadgets, the the idea of the the car being in like a car being a main character in a film. Um, the Rick and Morty that all came from this as well. Like so many things it gave birth to, really. Yeah. I guess oh, as well, definitely. when you think about a cult film from the 80s, it's kind of the go-to film, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this uh, this for me, like this Kenny Loggins, that, that's the 80s. Yeah. I, yeah. I, can't, I can't think of anything else that I, I think of when I think of 80s, kind but it's this and Kenny Loggins. Loggins. Yeah, it kind of defines the whole decade from a music and film standpoint. I love Michael J. Yeah. Fox. And you believe as well, yeah. Michael J. Fox... Um, in this movie wasn't going to be played by by Michael J. By Martin wasn't be played by Michael. It was going to be Eric Stoltz. Uh, yes, half the movie was actually shot with Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly before they then got um, they got lucky with uh, Michael J. Fox and they had to then go back and refilm all these scenes. Crazy, it's mad, isn't it? It really is. Like that's a commitment to a movie, isn't it? When you go back and reshoot pretty much half of the entire filmed material because your main characters are going to be a different person. Yeah. You can actually I, go on YouTube and watch some of the Eric Stoltz um, clips. Really interesting. Yeah, actually. and really and odd. they compare them, don't they, to the Michael J. Fox ones. It's really cool to see basically yeah. shot for shot, except it's a different actor. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Hang on. There's an alarm going off. Marty's looking for... Oh, it's the phone. <laughs> <laughs> this is like I just the... love that giant speaker. It's ace. Yeah, that never comes up again, does it? No. <laughs> I'm trying to pay attention to all the things that are in Doc's house. Like, there's a jukebox, there's loads of canisters, there's kind of a little living room area at the back. There's loads of really randomly product-placed Burger King cups. <laughs> like, I've seen at least four Burger King cups. I I just can't get over the number of different clocks. I didn't realise there were that many different styles of clocks. Yeah. Yeah, the clock that's got the cat eyes on it. I think my neighbour had one of those when I was growing up in the 90s. I really hated it as well. It was so weird. (laughs) It's the kind of thing I imagine you would have in your living room. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not far off, to be fair. (laughs) So Doc has set all the clocks forward, um, which makes no sense. And there's the plutonium. (laughs) Did we see the plutonium when his skateboard came in? We did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we saw a little box that said plutonium handle with care, which seems like a real understatement. (laughs) Yeah, I also love that it's just like, put the plutonium in a box, just leave it under the sofa, it'll be fine there, nothing's going to happen to that. There's Burger King again. James, that's the fourth Burger King reference. (laughs) That is ridiculous. Okay, so this is the first establishing shots of the Hill Valley town centre, as it were. Uh, Yeah. Marty, very popular there. <laughs> Definitely. Like, is that the cafe? Do you ever think they went past with Marty then, with the girls dancing? Is that supposed to be the cafe that he goes to later on? I guess it is, isn't it? I guess so, yeah. Because, yeah. Because that was on the corner, and that's where he comes out later in the 50s when he's with his dad. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And this is also the same set that they used for Gremlins. Yeah, it's the same town, isn't it? It's on the back yeah. lot at Universal Studios. 
I don't know if you can still visit it, you know. Maybe. I know that they... Because the Back to Future ride's gone from Universal now. The one in Florida, at least. But I think my, my brother went to the one in LA. I'm sure he went to where they filmed it, you know, with the back lot and the clock tower. I'm sure that's all still there in, in Universal. I don't think Spielberg yeah. would let them get away with demolishing it. You know, it's like national heritage now, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. It's like um, all it's the like, stuff that yeah. uh, George Lucas has on Skywalker Ranch yeah. and things like that. They have cultural significance now, which is bizarre to think of a film 35 years ago now has cultural significance to, to the world. Yeah, I, I, that's what you aim for, though, I guess, when you create something like this. Yeah, I love this film. I love Strickland. Yeah. <laughs> and there's our first cameo. Um, that is Huey Lewis. <laughs> Sat with the megaphone. Is it Huey Lewis? Ah, yeah, Huey Lewis and the news. Yeah, I'm just going to double check my facts on that because I feel like I've just rambled. And then he's playing, um, yeah, he's playing Power of Love. Yeah, it is. So Huey Lewis is the guy sat with the teachers with them in the middle, uh, second from the uh, second from the left. Brilliant. This is him. <laughs> You're just too damn loud. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Right, I have got some. I will go through the facts as we go through this film. I love that Goldie Wilson's probably like the only min- um, ethnic minority character in the entire trilogy, as far as I think. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> right, let me go back to this. Oops. I want to know why yours has got more minutes on its clock than mine (laughs) I think James James has got the extended version yeah if I get like an extra scene or something that'd be cool it's probably just lots of extra black at the end (laughs) with nothing going on yeah there's his coveted Toyota truck what you have to pay attention to in this film is all the little things that are in the background that you don't notice at first that become significant later. Like this yeah. film is so well layered that the, the more you watch it, the many more many times you go over watching it, you keep seeing different things that, you, that you've never seen before. Uh, even when I read about it, I've read so many facts about it. They just go and go and go and they're just so different. There's so many weird little um, little Easter eggs in there. Oh yeah. it's It's full of different little things that happened that you don't like you say you don't clock them until you actually watch the film again yeah this woman's annoying <laughs> biggest cock block in Hill Valley <laughs> how much money do you think they need to save the clock tower oh um, probably a few quid because Marty just gave her a quarter I'm thinking like it's a clock, so it's not like going to be in the millions. Also, like, can they not just take it down and reset it? I... Is it hard? No, I don't know. They, they're, they're doing a similar thing to Big Ben at the moment, aren't they? And yeah, they found they out are, that they, they didn't have any floorboards, or they needed to redo the floorboards. Maybe that's what's that? Is happening. that true? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah. They, well, they they had to rebuild some of the flooring. I think I might be making this up. Are you still with me? I'm still with you. Are you still I with lost me? Lost you there. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I think so. I think I just lost James, audience members. I'm sorry. He's he's back. <laughs> I'm back. From this should be future. a significantly less future. interesting podcast if I just spend an hour and a half on my own <laughs> watching Back <laughs> to the Future and occasionally eating biscuits. Watch along with Jake. <laughs> You've done that before, where you're talking to someone <laughs> on the phone and then you realise that they've either hung up or your phone's died and you just carried on talking. <laughs> okay, so we're back at the uh, McFly residence with Marty and his uh, Toyota... Is it what's this, his dad's truck, his dad's car? Yeah. And it's been totaled. Are we... <laughs> the best actor in this trilogy everybody yes so funny I just love Biff I think Tom Wilson's my favourite actor in, in this I think he's the best character he's he's just so cool and I know I, I always link stuff back to this but the, um, the the folks in the Arrowverse cast him as somebody's dad and it's just brilliant yeah He's such a good dick. He makes such yeah. a good dick character. Um, he was in a video with Josh Gad recently, where Josh Gad was doing a like a podcast or video cast about Back to the Future, and he got him on like a FaceTime call, which I just thought was absolutely brilliant. He showed up on this FaceTime call and called him a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> That's it was brilliant. great. If you get a chance, go on YouTube, check it out. Josh Gad and um, Tom Wilson. I think Crispin Glover's performance is really understated in this film as well, actually. Yeah. I just love the way he says McFly. <laughs> yeah. I like that he's just helping himself to all the things in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> he's off. <laughs> Say hi to your mom for me. How many pens does one person need in the top pocket? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh. I just love George. (laughs) It's so cool as well when you see, like, a cool hip character and such a nerdy, weak dad. Uh, it's, re- yeah. it's kind of reminis- reminiscent of Rebel Without a Cause you know, with James Dean where yes. um, it was one of the first films to kind of have the, it was in the 50s and it has the boy character who's just like a rebel a dick with a knife and a leather jacket and wants to be a badass but you've got his dad who's like walking around in an apron and rubber gloves and stuff and it's like he <laughs> <laughs> emasculates the, the father figure character all the time and uh, it's really weird <laughs> I remember finding it really odd because we, we studied it at uni Uncle Joey. Yeah, he didn't make parole again. I think we meet Uncle Joey in the third one, don't we, I think? Yeah. I think we second one, when he's a baby. No, is it this one? It must be this one. I don't know. (laughs) Watch the space, folks. Find out if we meet Uncle Joey in this film or the next two. (laughs) At some point in this franchise. (laughs) 
it has to be this film because otherwise he wouldn't be I don't think they would have bought him up yeah so fun another uh, I think that's the first or second Pepsi reference in this franchise yeah it's so funny there's just so many little uh, like there's the Bud Light on the table there as well so funny right I'm just going to turn this sorry if this registers I'm just turning down my audio <laughs> I like this. She's like, "What was your grand? What was your what was your uh, dad doing in the tree?" <laughs> what were you doing, George? What were you in, doing in that tree? <laughs> it's really good because they make Leah Thompson look old and quite chubby in the uh, in this version of the future, and obviously then when he changes their destiny later on, they they all come around and change that. They like their son is. In the Burger King outfit, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the the daughter's always like she's all disheartened by the fact she can't get a boyfriend, and the dad just doesn't listen to anybody. <laughs> He's just sat watching telly all the time. <laughs> I love that. This is such a genuine reaction. Everyone's feeling awkward about this conversation about the first date. Ian yeah, George. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> Crispin Glover's laugh here definitely gets points. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so funny. Uh, right, another Pepsi reference, James. I just saw another yeah. diet Pepsi. I'm gonna I'm gonna start a tally from my bloody pen. We should we should have done like a, a Pepsi bingo or yeah, like a product definitely. placement bingo. Definitely. Let me have a look. I, N- next film. Would next you believe film. in my entire desk I don't have one fucking pen anywhere? I think that's a sign of 35 years of progress, isn't it, Jake? Something, isn't it? Right. If, um, you were, if we were doing this when this film first came out, you'd have loads of pens. I'm putting three Pepsi references so far that I've seen in this film. Yeah, I think that's fair. Just the, okay. the, the poster just behind him there just said sports. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny because you see all the like the, the stores in America. I, you don't notice any of them when you're a kid because we didn't have like a JC Penney's in the UK, so we have no idea yeah. what that is. But when you go to the states and you realise how massive they are, they are literally everywhere. I love that his dog's called Einstein. Of course he is. Right, this is the big reveal, James. Yeah, this is the car. I hope everybody's still synced up with us. So I've just I've got the dog looking very curiously at the back of that lorry. Yeah, and Marty's got his little video camera. You know the DeLorean uh, in the USA was famously one of the most unreliable cars ever. I think it was unreliable all over the world, Jake. <laughs> From what I've read about it, it just it was so heavy and yeah. it didn't work properly. Your uh, your audio is a bit fuzzy there, James. Oh, um, well, hopefully it should be all right in because I'm recording this separately, so it should be okay. I can only barely hear your voice at the moment. Oh, oh, there you are. That's better. Whatever you just did then, that was fine. 
Is that better? Yeah, that's fine. What would you just do? I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> for the people listening along at home, I'm I'm listening to Back to the Future through over the ear headphones. Right. And Jake is talking and listening to me through AirPods that I'm wearing inside <laughs> the over ear headphones. <laughs> yeah, it's all very confusing. Basically, when the time this episode comes out, there have been seven different versions of in and out audio going on during this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly. <clears throat> I love that he straps the dog in. He's that worried about safety that he straps the dog in, but he's going to send it forwards in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like, really realistic here. He's never used this time machine before. So what happens if the dog doesn't come back? Couldn't you just send, like, a banana first? You'd think, wouldn't you? Well, anything. Send anything else. Or even a mouse. I know we experiment on mice all the time and it's not very fair, but that's his dog. That is his dog. He might as well have just gone in it himself. Do you know what I mean? It it does seem a little cruel. Natalie would have put me in it way before she put the dog in it. <laughs> yeah, but you would have loved it. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't understand why Doc and Marty need to be stood in front of the car when it's driving towards them. No. That seems like from a scientific point of view, not the best idea. Right, hang on. I've just lost my feed. One second. Okay, I'm just fast-forwarding it a bit. We're just revving the car up for me here. Yeah, I'm, I'm there, I'm there. I wonder why 88 miles per hour was chosen. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess that's probably the only fucking safe um, speed that a DeLorean could actually go because it was so heavy. (laughs) Um, Right, apparently... The Professor's car... This is according to an online um, fact finder that I've, I've been reading. It had to hit... In order to time travel, if the wormhole stability was measured as only lasting 1.10717 seconds, then to move a car 4.216 meters long through a wormhole before it closes behind you, you would need to be moving at 39.3 meters per second or 88 miles per hour. Hey. There you go. We, 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 we have actual science. Yeah, so this is... Yeah, so wormhole stability. So because the car is 4.2 metres long, it has to go through the wormhole before it closes. You'd need to be moving 39.3 metres per second to achieve this. <laughs> so there's Brilliant. method in the doc's madness. That's that's good. That's cool. <laughs> I love that. The question is not where. When in the hell are they? <laughs> <laughs> So funny. It's brilliant. Joe, I usually we usually go through um, and watch these films before we review them. I haven't watched this. I, I decided against it last minute. I was going to watch it two days ago before we'd done this watch-along. I yeah. kind of figured it would take a bit of the magic away if I knew too much, so I just thought, oh, I'll just watch it with you. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I probably have seen it about 35 times anyway. <laughs> once a year since it's been out yeah 
So good. I love that Marty's been holding that video camera, but I don't think he's actually filmed anything this entire time. (laughs) He's just been staring aghast at the dock. Yeah, he's not. He, I think he was kind of using it earlier when the car was revving up. So good, and the car is now covered in ice. Obviously, it would be. I don't know if yeah. that works. I'm guessing if it's gone through space. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have a look on here. A lot of the facts I've been reading are about the second and third ones. We've actually got probably a lot of content to talk about during the uh, second and third one, if this one goes well, which I hope it does. <laughs> okay, the dog is alive. Oh, and he's one minute behind. That's so brilliant. Good. It yeah. worked. I would have probably done it five minutes just to make sure. Yeah. It's like when they claimed that they cloned sheep. Yeah. And they just use, they use cheap, which look the same anyway. It feels like one minute's not enough for me. It's not enough evidence. But after that one minute sort of proof of concept, they just go straight ahead to much, much further. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, there's no like, there's no secondary experiment. It's just once we get in it, we can just go wherever we want. So funny. I take my criticism back about George. Doc, Doc has way more pens in his top pocket did you see that one where he's, he's put in uh, the birth of Christ 25th of December 0000, zero, zero. <laughs> 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 so good right so he he's typed in November 5th 1955 into the console which is why it's on the console when Marty gets in the car right so that's like yeah. setting up that concept that's perfect you notice that they've made um, Christopher um, Christopher Lloyd uh, Doc Doc Brown. They've made him look a lot older in the eighties scenes. Yeah, because even though he's an old man now, he wasn't that old in the eighties. So if you look at his skin, <laughs> they've put like loads of uh, like skin makeup on him to make him look to make him look older. And um, yeah, it's so cool because later on when you see him in more recent years he actually looks a lot like this yeah so it's pretty much like the aging is pretty much bang on isn't it yeah actually same with um, other than obviously Michael um, other than Michael J Fox's Parkinson's disease like the character the way he looks in terms of the future version of Marty McFly he looks pretty much exactly the same I looked at he really picture, does I looked at the, the pictures of him the other week and it's like Michael J Fox now versus the Michael J Fox that he was supposed to look like in Back to Future 2 and it's the same guy he looks exactly the same <laughs> they obviously knew what they were doing yeah he hasn't aged that badly to be fair neither of them have no to be fair I haven't seen Crispin Glover for a long time I'm not sure what he looks like now <laughs> <laughs> gave the Libyans a uh, shoddy container full of used pinball machine parts <laughs> that seems like the right thing to do so good I love how they just got like raw plutonium um, in the car park of a mall in California somewhere <laughs> anyone concerned about this no okay no also when I was a kid this is the only frame of reference you have for what plutonium might look like um, it doesn't look like that. <laughs> no, no, that was Ribena in a jar. <laughs> it, was just, it was just jam. 
I love that Doc took his helmet off and then opened the plutonium case. <laughs> like, hang on a minute. <laughs> keep it on until you've closed the lid and... Sec- no? Okay, never mind. Not only did he keep, take his helmet off, he just kicked the plutonium, plutonium case open. And he foot. kicked it shut. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. So he's not taking any precautions with those gloves or the hazmat suit. Um... Yeah, I just hope Doc Brown doesn't come to 2020. Rubbish at yeah. the moment, isn't it? There's nothing going yeah. on. He'd have to be in quarantine for two weeks before he went back. Yeah. They said that, didn't they? That if you go on holiday uh, in the next few months, that you'll be quarantined for 14 days. I wasn't sure if that meant you'd be quarantined for the duration of your holiday or you'd be quarantined an extra 14 days when you get home, <laughs> depending on if you went somewhere for 14 days. It would just get ridiculous, wouldn't it? Like if the other place quarantines you for fourteen days, and then yeah. when you get back, you you have to do you'd be <laughs> yeah you'd be, you'd be off a month for in months. quarantine. Ah, uh. the Libyans turn the lights on way too soon to let the guys know that they're coming. <laughs> Why are the Libyans <laughs> driving a German Volkswagen van? <laughs> <laughs> it's America, isn't it? They just think all of Europe's probably the same. Libya is probably in Europe, right? Do you know what, as well, these Libyans, they look a lot like Spanish people playing people from the United Arab Emirates. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Libyans don't look like that. Yeah. Okay, Doc's been shot to death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a swear word, James. You can get that. You wouldn't get away with that in a PG these days. You really wouldn't. Crazy. Different times, mate. Different times. I just... (laughs) (laughs) What? Doc's main form of defence in this whole scene was to throw his gun at the Libyan Volkswagen Beetle. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love all the sufferings that this Libyan terrorist has got. Like, he's some sort of, like... They've kind of gone for... He's a freedom fighter, but he's a terrorist, but he's also kind of like a drug dealer. Um, he's also maybe in charge of some sort of Libyan mafia. Um, and he speaks with a very, very generic Indian accent. <laughs> <laughs> There's some generic bad dudes, Jake. It's a bit like the, uh, what's it called? The diehard school of German accents. Ah. <laughs> uh. I don't know how the... Sorry, what are you going to say? I was just saying, I don't know how the DeLorean's outrunning this Beetle, because... this Volkswagen camper, rather. I mean, let's be honest, James, that camper van is German, heavy, it's got five people in it, and it probably still weighs less than the DeLorean does. (laughs) Probably true. Fuck me, at the end of this, the DeLorean's going to fly, James. Wow, well, you know, fuel's cheaper in America, Jake. Yeah. Right, he's just got a rocket launcher out of the top of that van. <laughs> Seems like the safest thing to do when you're in a chase in a JC Penny car park. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out during this chase where the Libyan van is from on the license plate, but I couldn't see it. So if anyone saw the license plate, please message into the podcast and tell me what it is. <laughs> I love this soundtrack. I've forgotten how good this was. Right, where are you? I, I, they're still in the car park. 
Oh, I've just gone back to the past. Ah. Wait, I've just, I'm going to pause just, it. Okay. He's just going into the barn now. Perfect. Yep, we're in the barn. We're, we're in sync again. How does this keep happening? This is like time dilation. <laughs> <laughs> so if everyone's watching this, there's now a, the family are now coming out of the house to check the barn, right? Yeah, the entire family. Because that's yeah. the safe thing to do. Obviously. Bring your kids Get to inspect an intrusion. <laughs> yeah. Get everybody up, get them dressed, and get them to the barn. Apparently this film was going to be called something like Aliens from Pluto or, yeah, Space Zombies from Pluto. So, you know, the, the comic book that the little boy has. Yeah. Um, that was going to be the title for the film because Marty was referred to as a space zombie from Pluto when he was obviously on in the 50s. Yeah. Um, and it was only at the, at the end of production, I think they, they decided, at the end of it, they decided on Back to the Future instead. A good choice. <laughs> I think the film would have been great regardless, but Back to the Future is yeah. just more zingy. Apparently, um, before Indiana Jones did it, um, it was going to be a fridge. It was going to be a fridge plot device. Um, oh. So in an early version of the script, the time travel device... Uh, was driven towards an atomic blast while strapped to a fridge with Marty McFly climbing inside to escape the blast. Uh, Spielberg reportedly didn't like the idea because he worried that kids would copy Marty and become trapped in refrigerators. (laughs) (laughs) Get that Marty out of that fridge. Yeah, don't don't go in the fridge. Stay out of the fridge. It's full of shelves. Uh, Did you notice he's just ran over the, um, the pine tree? Yeah. Oh. That that will become significant later. <clears throat> <laughs> so funny. It's brilliant. The whole twin pine, single pine thing is great. I love when Marty's still got the radioactive gear on. Yeah. One thing I'm going to try and find out is if they only had the one DeLorean or if they had lots of DeLoreans. Can't seem to find out. Oh, that's a good shout, actually. Like, did they have multiple DeLoreans in case they totaled one? They must have had. Yeah. Yeah, they must have done, because they could... It would be a big risk, wouldn't it? Just well, imagine, one. like, you know that turn that he just did in the road, then where he grinds to a halt. I mean, if the DeLorean pops a tyre or suspension goes on it, like, that's a, that's the production wrapped, isn't it, for the day, surely? Yeah. I wonder if they had like lots of DeLoreans or they just had like a, a DeLorean outer shell that they could yeah. drive around in like a go-kart or something. Well, <laughs> because... I've seen, I know there's, I know one of the ones from the production, I don't know if it's from the first, second or third film, but it's in, uh, it was in Universal uh, Orlando. It's there still. You can go and see it and take a photo with it. Oh, cool. Uh, me and Natalie saw it um, when we were there. Just kept it. One thing I did find out really sad actually recently is, do you know, um, do you know the, the guys had redone, the people that redo like Hollywood cars and stuff, they redo like the Ecto-1 and the DeLorean and um, Kit and all that. Oh yeah. Uh, apparently the Ecto-1A from Ghostbusters 2, which is the really outlandish one with the Ghostbusters 2 logo on it and all the gear on top of the roof and the little light boards and stuff. Um, yeah. It was like left in Universal Studios Hollywood for years so you could take photos with it. It then fell into disrepair, 
it went into like a building to be uh, repaired and people just ended up nicking parts from it to use for different things and it ended up just being left in to rust. Oh. Now, apparently it's in like a car park in a bat lot in Hollywood somewhere and it's just stripped of all its roof rack, all its doors and shit are gone. Uh, yeah, the actual Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters 2, apparently it's just gone. <laughs> it's just in bits somewhere. Oh, that's was, a shame. Yeah, there was a petition on the internet apparently to like get people to restore it back and it never never came to fruition. <laughs> I like this uh, personal service that they give you at the Texaco garage. That's good. Yeah. Shame we can't go back to uh, that, innit? <laughs> well, the way things are going, we are seemingly travelling back in time. What's that kid we... doing with those springy shoes? That was weird. <laughs> was that a thing? I I don't know. <laughs> it's it's really cool though. I want one or a pair of them. One would be really awkward, I guess. Just yeah. one one normal shoe. I like that everything in 1955 looks a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, not it's gone that, downhill. It's that old that old chestnut, isn't it? About um, everything was better in my day. <laughs> well, the clock works. The clock tower. And then there's a sign that says, uh, Hill Valley, a really nice place to live. <laughs> Please drive carefully. So funny. Oh, look, it's the X01. I mean... <laughs> what did you say? I said, oh, look, it's the X01, but it's it's the... Uh, <laughs> it's like a hearse doing a an election broadcast. Oh, yeah. It's the best way, isn't it? Right, that's the cafe. So that's the cafe that used to be in the eighties. That's what he drives past, and that's where the women are doing the yeah. aerobics. Yeah, this makes sense now. Confirmed. I love that in films, it, newspapers are the only legitimate way someone finds out what year they're in. Yeah, I don't in know every, whether this yeah, started it. Film. I don't know whether <laughs> was this the start of that. I don't know, but it's in every film. It's always newspapers. Mm. People say, what year What year is it? They don't believe any human being, but they believe the newspaper. Yeah, you're absolutely right with that. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I'm trying to remember if they did it in Avengers. They probably, I don't, did they do it in Avengers? They must have done. <laughs> I hope so. I hope it's in every time travel film. Because, no, they do. Yes, they do. Because I'm just thinking, because Ant-Man is the person that comes out of the time machine in, in Avengers, isn't he? Yeah, and he's in the future where the Avengers have all been destroyed by Thanos, and he actually goes to a bin and finds a paper. So yeah, there is a paper yeah. in that as well. Brilliant! So, such a shit device. Oh, James, Pepsi reference. There's another Pepsi yeah. reference behind Marty. I'm having that. Oh yeah, that's four. I think that's At four. Five. He's just ordered a Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> if, you want, if you want a Pepsi, you've got to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how capitalism works right it's so good that I like that line a lot <clears throat> it's the best actor in the entire trilogy <laughs> oh he's so funny he's great have you noticed behind Crispin Glover there um, none other than Billy Zane yes um, mad that Billy Zane started in this so weird like I think Billy Zane's probably as famous as McFly, more famous than all the other people in this film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. I'm guessing these the three goons are the same three goons in all of them. I, I think so. Into, we'll have to do this over the trilogy. I never really yeah. looked. 
because he has the three goons in the future and he has three goons in the um, in the wild west doesn't he yeah so funny right The bullies are off. Yeah, that your shoes untied line, classic. <laughs> and he's so nice to them when they leave. Bye, bye. <laughs> There's this wonderful shot now. Um, are you are you in the cafe with George? Yeah. Where Marty looks at George from the other side of his face and kind of creeps yeah. out. It's so funny. It's such a great shot. I love that shot. <laughs> it's all the cliches stand tall boy what's that all the cliches of stand tall boy (laughs) I love that he's going to be mayor (laughs) so presumably this is what doesn't make sense about this film so so Goldie Wilson is the mayor in 1985, right? Yeah. So why did Goldie Wilson become mayor if the idea to become mayor was given to him now by Michael J. Fox's Marty in this version of the future? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes, uh, he is the mayor, but he was already the mayor in the future, so he would have already made that decision. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe Marty had already already gone back in time. Oh, God, it fries your brain, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what I don't like about time travel films. I just can't get my head around the thing where, well, does that affect it? Does if this doesn't happen, does this happen? If Goldie Wilson didn't hear Marty say he was going to be mayor, would he have ever been the mayor? Well, yes, he would have been because he was already the mayor. Oh, it's it. My brain hurts. (laughs) We're now getting the answer to the question of why George was in that tree. (laughs) Yeah, he's a he's a dirty boy. Again, I don't know if you'd have got away with this now as well, you know, with the girl in the bra and pants in the in the window. Yeah. I don't think you'd get away with that in a PG. I don't know. Like, what, what was American Pie? Was that a 15? Yeah, at least. No, it might have been an 18. Maybe, yeah. Because you're probably right, it's probably a 15. But I think there's... A, in fact, I've got it down there on the shelf. Let me, I'm just going to angle my face so I can <laughs> read my American Pie DVD from here uh, I think it's yeah it's a 15 James 15 it's 15 yeah yeah I mean did 12A didn't 12 didn't exist in the 80s did it no no that's that a didn't come around until later did it no I just love when after Marty gets hit by the car the dad yells another one of these kids has jumped in front meaning it happens a lot <laughs> yeah like how many kids have jumped in front of his car since he's been uh, since he's been driving? I I think that should be investigated. He might be aiming for kids. <laughs> what what Marty's granddad? Yeah, there was a there was a spout of child murders in Hill Valley in the 1950s. Most of them hit by cars. <laughs> Went completely unsolved until Marty goes back in time. This is the weird bit because this insinuates that Marty fancies his own mother. Yeah, this is weird. It's so funny though, this bit. 
and you see actually when you look at Leah Thompson how well the makeup job was done like that's just so weird isn't it how good they yeah. were doing that it's brilliant why did they take his pants off I don't understand his trousers why is he not wearing... yeah his trousers why Why are they taking them off I don't know this was another thing that I didn't get when I was a kid because obviously we're English. We would refer to them as trousers, whereas the Americans call them pants. Yeah. And I just found it really weird when he was like, where are my pants? And I'm like, he's wearing his pants. They're Calvin Klein's. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's how he gets his name as well. Yeah, it's good. Do Americans ever use the word trousers? I I don't I don't know I don't like, know because they for a suit trouser you know, like a trouser you would wear with your with your suit that's because they're what I would refer to as a trouser not jeans yeah I mean we are we've really digressed in this podcast if we're talking about what do Americans think of the word trousers <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my attempt to bulk out a two hour podcast special I love all the heartthrobs she's got on the wall in the background there around the mirror what does she have. I, Lots of like famous male heartthrobs, but one of them looked to be some sort of sea captain. Oh, I didn't I see was... that. Ah, uh, you'll have to go back and watch it again. I will. <laughs> I like that the family keep asking Marty what he's doing in a life preserver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's with the life preserver? Ah, oh, there's Uncle Joey. He is in this one. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the pen. That's right, funny. <laughs> so funny. I think Brilliant. that... Don't you just think that the writing and the attention to detail is one of those things that really makes it the beautiful film that it is? Oh, definitely. Definitely. This is... It, it's so tightly woven. It's brilliant. It's just Fantastic. perfectly written, isn't it? Like, all the little beats are just great, where they just make up the little... Like, oh, Uncle Jerry look in the little prison pen and... Um, Marty making reference to things that he's seen in the future yeah <laughs> I love how excited they are about the TV that can roll around so they can watch it yeah. during meal time nobody has two television sets <laughs> yeah and this is this is the same TV show that um, George is watching uh, at the dinner table in the 80s yes and this is the one where George goes ha 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 it's the same show that they're watching in the 50s, but it's like brand new there. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. Every time you watch it, you just come across another thing that you've never seen. Yeah, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Everything about it is perfect. <laughs> I have no concept what a rerun is because nothing's ever been rerun. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> who the hell's John F. Kennedy <laughs> oh so good <coughs> I love that they're not taking their eyes off the telly and they're just talking to him yeah it is one of those things as well isn't it where how do you It's every time triple film there's got to be that thing of how do you prove that someone's from the future and they can do this that and the other 
Yeah. Like you say, newspapers always been a really good way of accessing that idea of, of time travel. It's just easier, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's there, it's printed. It must be true. I like that Lorraine's dad... <laughs> Lorraine's dad <laughs> says, he probably comes from a family of idiots, and if you ever uh, have a kid like that, I'll disown you. <laughs> 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 uh. So good. Right, I'm going to keep my Pepsi reference guide open. I can hear your audio. You're about a minute behind me. Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know how you keep doing it. How do you keep missing time? How am I getting ahead of you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe mine is a special edition. Maybe I've got like extra shots of Hill genuinely, Valley. Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, for anyone watching this, mine says 1.51 on the clock. That's how long it says it is. That's from credit to fucking title. 1.51, that's it. <laughs> So where have you got the extra five minutes from? <laughs> like I say, I've just got extra shots of trees. It was definitely worth the money. Oh, puppy. There's a puppy. Can you see the puppy? Yeah. So now, past Doc is trying to read Marty's mind. Um, yeah using some sort of light bulb and massive headpiece. <laughs> so funny. He wants you to make a donation to the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's like when people come knocking at your door and they say... Uh, I want to talk to you about Jesus. I'm like, oh, great, what's he up to? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah. How Christopher Lloyd didn't get an Academy Award for this performance. Oh, yeah, it's such a shame. Like, it is is not only a career-defining performance, but a age film of the age defining performance as a character that's inspired so many other characters like him <laughs> and it's not even too much he's trying to play it over the top but I don't think it is over the top I think it's just the right amount of everything yeah for like a mad scientist approach it's perfect yeah, yeah. And it's, the, the Flux capacitor is almost as big a character in this film as anything else, isn't it? <laughs> what did you say? The Flux capacitor. It's almost as big a character as anything else in the film. It's brilliant. Yeah. A Flux capacitor is the way you explain any technological thing to someone in your family that doesn't understand technology. Yeah. <laughs> How does it work? Well, it's a flea-bejeeber in the Flux capacitor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So they've just gone back to the DeLorean for my bit. Is that roughly where you are? Uh, We've just come out of the garage, yeah, and now they're driving to the DeLorean in the car. Cool. And the car is just driving to to where Marty hid the DeLorean earlier. Yeah. I think you might be a few seconds ahead. I I, I tried skipping ahead to catch up with you. I might. Oh, no, no, no. Far. Yeah, I. they're now taking the leaves off the DeLorean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Taking the tree branches off the DeLorean. That is now where I'm at. Cool. And Doc is showing Marty the picture of the flux capacitor. 
brilliant. We're, we're we're in sync again, folks. Amazing. This we're... this is always going to be tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we'd, I didn't think that that would be the hard part. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love that Doc realizes he's invented it already and it works. Yeah. <laughs> It's like so that good. whole, it's alive, it's alive, but in this it's just, it works. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he was bothered about. It works. So good. <laughs> I love that his modern video camera can hook up to an old telly. Yeah. It's one of those things where you have to give up the, the suspension of disbelief of how that would ever work. I, this is true folks the other day I literally got my I got my old Playstation 2 out of the cupboard which I found with a few games Yeah. figured during lockdown I'll set my PS2 up uh, to my HD smart TV uh, in the living room doesn't work, doesn't connect so I bought an adapter that doesn't work either <laughs> <laughs> it was um, a valiant effort Jake and that is only what, I mean how old is Playstation 2 like maybe 20 years if that, 20 years old yeah it just doesn't see it. It can't it can't communicate with it. Even the adapter doesn't work. And I've asked around, and a few of the boys have given me some ideas of how I can get it hooked up. And they, you know, some of them are good ideas. But ultimately, yeah, you're trying to take a video camera to the fucking fifties. You got no chance. <laughs> I'm trying to take a PlayStation Two to a reasonable TV. I tried it with a second TV, and that TV yeah. isn't even that, that that new. It's probably like about fifteen year old. The telly. It's one of the first LCD ones. Yeah. Doesn't work with that either for some reason. <laughs> you tried. You tried. I know I did. Failed. Right, Doc's now trying to figure out how he's gonna create two hundred and twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> he's got the founding fathers above the uh is it the these famous scientists? Yeah, they the are, famous yeah. scientists because yeah. you've got New uh I think Newton's one of them you've Newton's got on the Einstein. Left. That's so funny. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love that Marty, Marty just literally stole the Luke Skywalker the Princess Leia line there as well yeah Doc you're my only hope I like how many lamps Doc's got <laughs> just yeah. all over the lamps is everywhere is there a reason why he's got so many lamps <laughs> in that room <laughs> Yeah, so now we have discovered a way of getting the amount of power that they need. Oh, it's wonderful writing. It's so good. <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it, where I don't want to talk too much because I just want to enjoy this film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird doing a commentary track, like you say, because yeah. I'm just enjoying the film and I realise, oh, I'm not saying anything. And it's that is the I think the hardest thing about a watch along is that you do just want to watch this because it's just yeah. so good. <laughs> did I miss where he got his change of clothes, or at least he got a new jacket? Where did he get the jacket from, Marty? Which, that is which jacket? He's got like a leather jacket. Oh, was it? Always wearing that, and he had the life preserver over the top of it. I can't. Yeah, he was wearing the orange yeah. puffer jacket over the top of the leather uh, of the denim jacket. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and his his brother started to disappear from, from history. Ah. Uh. 
Yeah. Head first. Gone. Yeah, because that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't understand as well is the ambiguity. How can you be ambiguously existing? Like, surely you either exist or you don't exist. There's no ambiguity there. It's it's so weird. It's the whole thing. Is time linear or are there multiple timelines? Or yeah. Oh, yeah. You just don't know. <laughs> so his if, brother Jason it, exists in a few timelines, but not in most of them. Yeah. Or at least his body does, but his head, not so much. <laughs> it's just getting... <laughs> or George McFly. Oh, I love that line, maybe you're adopted. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're adopted. <laughs> Strickland's just brilliant. <laughs> Not aged yeah. at all. I like that though, don't you? I think that's one of the funny bits because there is yeah. always those people from history that just didn't age through thirty years. They just stay the same. And like Strickland, being this, he looks exactly the same as he did thirty years prior. It was a little bit like, did you see in Captain Marvel? They tried to de-age Sam Jackson. Yeah. When you watch that film, you realise Samuel L. Jackson could have been de-aged with a tiny bit of makeup and maybe a little bit of concealer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I, and a wig. He didn't need to be CGI because he doesn't look any different. No, really doesn't. It's it's so funny, isn't it? Like Sam the, Jackson the barely aged spend. since I was a child. He doesn't look any different. Yeah, he's just like a constant. Yeah. It's funny. Oh, George gets ignored. Yeah. Your mother is infatuated with you, Morty. I said Morty then, <laughs> not Marty. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's bad, isn't it, that like Rick and Morty's got to my head so much more famous than Doc and Marty now. I know, I know. Oh, I love this bit. <laughs> <laughs> he says, what's wrong with the gravity in the future? Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull? It's great. That might be the best line in the film. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Marty has to explain a date to Doc. It's like the is the answer. Some sort of social interaction. You mean like a date? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They need to go somewhere, do something together. So now just be Marty's like these. fully at school now with his dad. Where like has Marty been inducted? Is he in classes? <laughs> yeah. Do any of the teachers know he's at school, or is he just turning up? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, if a random old man and a kid show up in your school just randomly on one afternoon, questions are raised. I guess it was different in the fifties. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe they were just happy to have anyone show up. Yeah. Okay, so this is now laying the groundwork for George being a writer when he was a kid, but then giving it up as an adult. Yeah. Uh, which I really I really like that. I think that's really sweet. Yeah, he won't is let that... anyone read it. It's like, no, 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 don't read it. But yeah, yeah it is really sweet. It is cool. It's just really clever groundwork, isn't it? To think, oh yeah, everyone was different when they were a kid and then some people carry stuff on, some people don't. And if he'd have carried on the writing, he would have been really successful, but he never did in the 
in the <clears throat> old is it what would we call it the old timeline or the original timeline <laughs> the kelvin timeline yeah <laughs> oh dear jj um i'm just enjoying the fact that all the extras in this scene have yeah. an age range of between about 10 and 30 <laughs> there's, yeah. no, there's no consistency there's like a little kid yeah. over George's shoulder that looks like he's probably about 10 and then on the other side there's a guy in black who looks like he's about 30 <laughs> you're right actually I'm looking now behind Biff there's like a 30 year old guy and then like maybe a 19 year old and then there's a girl in the corner who looks about 40 <laughs> Oh dear. It does look more like a community college than a high school. Yeah. I love also, that guy's 3D glasses. I mean, do you remember being at school? I don't remember any boys at school being seven foot tall like Tom Wilson is. No, no. <laughs> and I was a short guy, and I don't remember anyone looking that tall. Yeah. But, like, look at Biff. He's massive. Yeah. How does Strickland have any sort of command over that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it looks like trying to fight Andre the Giant at school <laughs> it's ridiculous <clears throat> so now he's trying to convince George to take uh, Lorraine to the dance yeah He's, <laughs> he's running away from it like he's being stalked, which is probably an appropriate response. Yeah. Now he tries to psychologically torment his father into submission and going to the <laughs> enchantment under the sea dance. Now this jacket that Marty's wearing is new. Where did he get it? <laughs> yeah. Right, you're. I can hear you. I'm ahead of you again. I'm just going to pause and wait for you to catch up. Okay. Tell me when you see Marty putting the headphones on, George. Okay, I'll give you a shout. Just shout me when he puts the headphones on, George. So. Now. Yep. Yeah. And he's got the tape. The tape recorder. He's got the Walkman right in his hand. Yeah. He's got Van Halen. Did you notice that it says on the tape, Edward Van Halen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never heard anyone refer to Van Halen as Edward Van Halen before. <laughs> well, Edward Van Halen is the name of the guitarist. Yeah, Eddie, not but... Edward. <laughs> That's like calling Michael Jackson Mickey Jackson. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I love so that he's doing his Darth Vader impression. Yeah, I like this. He's got I like he's got the hairdryer in his holster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yes. Right. Is that a Pepsi reference? Yes it is. Yeah. There's a one. Pepsi in Marty's hand. I'm putting that on the list. That's In fact Pepsi there was ref- there was two because there was a Pepsi Cola advert on the side there next to them. Okay, I'm going to put another one. I didn't see any yeah. Pepsis in the canteen at school, but I wasn't really looking if I'm honest. So I'm going to leave that yeah. at 7. I'm going to put seven Pepsis down on my list so far. (laughs) Right, so now he's going to go and try and woo Lorraine in the cafe. Yeah, because that's where all the best wooing happens in cafes. 
So funny. He goes, Jesus, George, it's a wonder I was ever born. (laughs) (laughs) I think he starts writing down all these (laughs) hints and tips. (laughs) The thing is, it is true, like, you don't know whether you would have liked your parents when you'd met them at their age. No, that's true. Because I'm not sure if I'd like my dad. (laughs) (laughs) He was mainly into sort of fishing, music, uh, cricket. He wasn't really into films or, or stuff that I was into. No. I like the uh, chocolate milkshake being slid across the bar. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> the way he slams it down as well. <laughs> yeah, he just proper slams it down and then wipes his face. It's brilliant. <laughs> What's she reading? I want to know what Lorraine's reading. See this guy with the cheeseburger behind um, George? He's like dancing yeah. and tucking... His... He keeps <laughs> pretending to eat bits of his cheeseburger. Yeah, because he's got no... <laughs> I'm going to wait till he comes out. He's there, bottom right of the screen. What's it's the same size of cheeseburger. It's not like going down any. No, know, he's isn't. supposedly biting it. Right, Biff's in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the, hey McFly I love it yeah hey McFly it's probably like it's, it is in it carries through all of the films doesn't it as well yeah that theme of Biff coming into the uh, coming into the cafe so good <laughs> you just see the size of Biff now yeah <laughs> <laughs> just the way he starts yeah. off at regular height and goes up and up and up I think Biff is my favourite character by far yeah definitely <laughs> that's Calvin Klein <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to remember a time before you watched Back to the Future um, yeah I hope for anyone who is watching this for the first time they're enjoying it as much as I am watching it again yeah, I love that he's just invented the skateboard. Yeah, great, isn't it? Yeah, of course. So funny. Right. There he goes on the back of the truck, which mirrors the scene from the beginning of the film in the 80s when he hijacks uh, on the back of the uh, van. Yeah. So good. <laughs> It's a board with wheels. <laughs> so good. <laughs> right. Marty's now being chased by Biff in a car. Yeah. And they're about to... They're about to crush him. <laughs> it's, I love the... Oh, and he hits the lady and he everything hits the goes lady. flying. And all the papers all over the floor. Who's going to pick those up? Oh, it doesn't matter because they've run over no. them anyway. Yeah. They're throwing glass bottles at Marty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit brutal, isn't it? It really is. I lo- oh, that's so cool. The way the board goes under the car. Yeah, and he, and he goes back over on it. it. Again. And the manure. That's something that crops up again and again, isn't it? Yeah, it's a recurring theme in all of them, I think. Um,. I guess 
realistically, when we'll be reviewing the second one soon, like the second one is pretty much the first one plus another storyline, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of the same film, exactly the same film, but with a little bit of a different deviation. (laughs) Those kids with the skateboards that aren't skateboards. I mean, (laughs) their version seems really dull and pedestrian in comparison to what Marty did, doesn't it? It's like, I imagine the second kid will break his toy as well. This is like a, a some sort of scooter-looking thing, isn't it? Yeah. Right, this is the bit. We were back in the lab uh, at Doc's house. Yeah. Uh, the DeLorean is parked, presumably either in a garage or in the middle of Doc's house. I'm not sure. <laughs> and Doc's watching the video a bit and further. Doc, and Doc's watching the video, yeah. In the, he doesn't know Marty's watching him. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, this is the bit where I'm struggling now because I really just want to watch this film and not talk. Yeah. But I have to talk for the sake of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, this is the basically we're at the point where most time travel films go where the people in the past don't want to know too much about their future. Yeah, and now um, we get the the plot device beautifully. How the hell has Doc made this town in like a day? <laughs> Out of ketchup bottles and stuff. Yeah, I love that a lot of it is just ketchup bottles painted white. Oh, what a, what a creative man. Yeah, he's, he's a genius, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is a genius, so it's fine. Now, this is the DeLorean in the form of a little Cadillac car kind of going down the street. And this is the plan to send Marty back to 1985. Yeah. Um, am I right in saying it's is it the plutonium, wasn't it, that has gone? So because there's no plutonium in the, in the past, he can't fill the DeLorean up to go yeah. forward. So he needs the energy from the lightning bolt. Because it's hard, you know, when you watch these films, you kind of, you get so wrapped up in the idea of what the plot is doing that you forget what the, what the principles are behind it. Yeah, um, I'm kind of glad though because in all of them, I think in the next one he has a fusion reactor in the DeLorean, so it gets around the plutonium problem. But yeah. um, it's interesting when you you develop an idea and you have to then stick to that idea, otherwise the you lose the integrity of the story, don't you? Absolutely. Like the limits of the DeLorean have to be there, otherwise the film doesn't work. I'm just enjoying the fact that that wind-up car can probably go faster than the DeLorean. <laughs> Yeah, and look, he's just set fire to the lab. <laughs> and Marty's like, he doesn't fill with confidence. <laughs> also, I don't know if a DeLorean will a DeLorean work like a Faraday cage, like an aeroplane, or will it just because it's metal in it? Like it's a proper yeah. metal thing. Yeah, it, I, who knows? Who I mean, knows? I've never, been, I've never been in a car when it's been struck by lightning. I'm guessing they are probably fine because it must just go round down to the tyres, mustn't it? Because the tyres yeah. are probably... I think you, aren't you recommended to sit in cars when it's lightning? Yeah, Or certainly you don't want to go underneath a tree. Does it say, yeah, do they say it's all right to be in a car during a storm? I think so. Uh, well, this probably isn't the right sort of place yeah. to give out advice because I don't know anything about driving. <laughs> <laughs> last year I had to drive um, from my mum's house um, back to mine and it was during a big thunderstorm you know, we had the really hot weather last summer yeah 
And I was a little bit like, there was a little bit of me that was nervous and thinking, should I pull over? Because it was proper going above me. And then I drove through the rain, you know, and the rain's like just a big wall of darkness. Oh, gosh. You. And you hit the rain, it's like being going through a car wash. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the most stressful driving I've ever done on the motorway, actually. You survived, though. I did. I wonder how they got Lorraine's hair to look the same in every single shot. <laughs> Some sort of cement, probably. Proper cement, isn't it? It doesn't move. <laughs> I want to see while we're going through this if I can find any... Um... This is a good fact. 20 clock wranglers were needed for the first scene of Back to the Future. Back to the Future's opening scene, panning through Doc's workshop showing dozens of clocks uh, showing the exact same time. Many of them kept stopping and messing up the shot, meaning 20 crew members had to sit off camera, setting them off with switches and pulleys to the millisecond to make each take work. Brilliant. I love the idea that they were called clock wranglers as well. That's great, isn't it? It's such a good job title. Hey, what did you do today? I wrangled some clocks. Crazy. Uh, Question, uh, obviously question. Facts uh, on this list was it a few months after Huey Lewis in the news recorded The Power of Love they were asked by Columbia Pictures to write the theme to Ghostbusters but loyal to Robert Zemeckis and the company they declined ah yeah Yeah, they tried so funny because I I think there was like a lawsuit involved with the Ghostbusters theme song because it sounded a lot like a Huey Lewis in the news song it does, yeah. I, I but, listened to the track. In fact, my brother sent me that track not long ago when we were talking about something, and he's like, this does sound terrifyingly similar to, to Back to the Future, and it is. It's it's ripped off. It was ripped off from a Huey Lewis song. Mm. Let's see what else I've got on here. Uh, originally in the film, Doc Brown was going to have a chimp sidekick called Shimp. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they missed out on a trick there. A chimp. <laughs> what? Why ever not? I mean, obviously it's a nightmare to train one to do all the scenes, but it'd be fun. Good God. There's another one, James. Back to Future was rejected 40 times before Universal bought the script. Disney declined it, saying it was a movie about incest. <laughs> <laughs> You can see why they turned it down. Well, they bought Star Wars, didn't they? And that's a movie about incest, so they seem to be all right yeah. with that one. Yeah, that's true. I love that Doc asked the guy from the future if he's certain about the storm. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, he even bought evidence with him, didn't he? Yeah. It's one of those things that they say in this film that the storm just seems to appear, doesn't it? It just comes upon the town. It doesn't really seem to come from anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think in the later episodes, either next, the next film or the third film, they refer to the 1980, the 1955 thunderstorm as being like a crucial point in the space-time continuum. Because <laughs> all the like the linear, all the lines go back to that place because loads of things happen on that night that are all yeah. time-related. I also like that in the future, Doc has to hide the DeLorean because it's so futuristic. He has to hide it in a big truck. But in the past, it's still incredibly futuristic, but they hide it under a cloth. Yeah. <laughs> they just no leave it on the street. <laughs> yeah. 
I always wondered that as well. Like, do you know when when it drives down the road? I think to kind of answer this in the second one, I think, but when he drives down the road and goes through the um, goes through the, t- the time portal, hits the lightning bolt. If someone sees that in Hill Valley, are they not wondering? What was that weird car flying down the road going through the lightning bolt? What happened to it? And then, you know, thirty years later, discovering it was it was a time machine. Like, it, and I think Biff does figure that out, doesn't he? Yeah. But I remember I just, thinking that when I was little. That letter he wrote that said "Do not open until 1985." That yeah. would be so so tempting, wouldn't it? Like I, I could yeah. almost imagine, do not open until next week, or don't open till I've left. But do yeah. not open till nineteen eighty five. I'll have lost it. I'll have moved house about three times, and I'll have lost the letter by nineteen eighty five. So I'm probably going to open it sooner than that. Exactly. Or not at all. <laughs> I've got some cool merch for you, James. I'll send you a picture later, and I'll put it on the Instagram. Uh, I have that letter in my hand right now. Excellent. That's really so, cool. My best friend from home, Mark, um, for my birthday a couple of years ago, he bought me a little like pack of goodies, and in this pack of goodies is all the Back to Future memorabilia. So you have like Marty's driver's license, Save the Clock Tower, the poster, uh, and you have two versions of Doc Brown's letter: one written in white paper, and one on really old aged dark paper that's been stuck back together with sellotape. <laughs> nice. That's wicked. Uh, and it does say on it, Dr. Brown, um, on the night that I go back in time, 1.30am, you will be shot by terrorists. Please take whatever precautions are necessary to prevent this terrible disaster, your friend Marty. It's great. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so I'm going to put that on the Instagram later so you guys can see it. And I'll actually go through the goodies that um, that I got from Mark and I'll, uh, I'll, give him, I'll put them all up there so people can see them if they want to have a look at them. They're probably cool. That's ace. Trying to get the letter back in the envelope now, can't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember how I sent a letter. (laughs) Because, you know, we live in the modern age, Jake, where it's easy to uh, (laughs) send texts and. What were you going to say then? Nah, it's just. I love how awkward this scene is. Oh, with with Lorraine and Mai? Yeah. In the car, so it's good. just. <laughs> she calls him a square. I love that. That's an insult that should come back. Stop being such a square. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. George has now realised it's nine o'clock, and he's got to go and woo um, Lorraine. I think you're ahead of me again. Am I? I might be behind. You're listening to the band, aren't you? I can hear your yeah. audio. So and sorry he's... about this, listeners. James is ahead of me. If you're with me, you should be in the car with Lorraine and Marty. Do you want to let me know when you see George drinking some punch? I've already gone past that. Oh. Well, we, I was behind you again then. Yeah. I don't know how you managed it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and get back to where I was. Right, hang on, sorry. I am now George is now looking at the clock and he's running out and uh now we cut to the car with Lorraine and Marty. Yeah. I am there. Mar- Lorraine has took her jacket off. She has. And Marty's looking <laughs> even more uncomfortable. 
it's really uh yeah it's quite funny to see michael j fox trying to avoid looking at um leah thompson's cleavage (laughs) (laughs) oh it's funny it's just very very awkward It's just, um, yeah, it's just one of those films that's just got the perfect balance of, of the humour and the jeopardy and the. Um, I just think it's great. And it's this is brilliant. where Lorraine, this is where Lorraine realizes that there's something not right about this boy. Yeah. <laughs> and it is that thing, isn't it, where you just, you sometimes you just know someone is like you, and there's just an odd feeling about it. Yeah. Oh, Biff's here. Yeah, so it's Biff, but it's supposed to be George. Yeah. So funny. Hmm. I love how the guy wearing the 3D glasses lifts them up to have a look. <laughs> why Why has he got the 3D? He has the 3D glasses on a lot in this film, doesn't he? I think the entire time. Is he just looking through the world as in a blue and blue and um, blue and red haze all the time? It must be. Oh, there was a Pepsi drink in the car that Marty gets thrown into. Oh, a nice bit of racism there. Um, yeah. And now the um, Marvin Berry and the Starlight is it band? Uh, yeah. They're now chasing after Biff's cronies, which I like. It's great. So funny. Hey, look, that could be a. I think that's a Pepsi reference in Marvin's car. Um, yeah. If you look at the back of the car, I think it's a Pepsi bottle. I'm having that, James. You're allowed that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've made a grave error. I left my highlighter out and it's dried. Got <laughs> 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 to find another pen now. This is this is going well, mate. It's been terrible for my highlighters. <laughs> Okay. George has George, just realised it's Biff. Yeah, George has just messed up by getting in the car with Biff is now molesting um, Lorraine. This just makes the film a bit darker though, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> I don't Awkward. know if I, how I feel about this. A little bit sinister. Yeah. Right, hang on. Where am I going? Okay, wonder... George tries to punch Biff and he's uh, quickly um, bested by Biff. Yeah. I wonder how many shots in this film are just of revealing how tall Biff is compared to other people. Yeah, and also how older he looks compared to all the other principally young <laughs> characters. Yeah. I love how, many, how long it took them to get Marty out of the boot as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's in there a while, isn't he? Ugh. Apparently, um, Thomas Wilson Biff is one of the nicest people in the film. Oh, uh, that's so funny. <laughs> that slow wind up for the punch. Yeah, <laughs> the punch is great, isn't it? It's such a good punch. Yeah. The 
and George is so pleased with himself. <laughs> it's done a uh, it's done a bit of a comparison online, which we'll talk about towards the end of like all the different characters who. Um... Oh God, there's so many. I've just been reading through this as we've been watching the film. Did you know when? Um... Do you know when Marty arrives in fifty five? Yeah. Is a hearse, as you called it, um, who is going around saying, uh, elect Mayor Red Thomas. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And it's like a little campaign car. Um, and Goldie Wilson, obviously, is on that car in the 80s, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Well, Mayor Red Thomas is the old, the tramp on the bench at the end. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so we'll talk about it in a minute. Do you know the tramp when he arrives back in 1985? Yeah. That is the mayor from 1955 who's now homeless. Oh, oh that's, that's so it's clever. So, it's so sad, but really clever. Yeah. That's brilliant. Literally, James, every time I look at this film, there's something else I've seen that I've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, here we go. There's another good fact. Yeah. When the story um, takes pain to show how much of a loser George McFly is, he pours an overflowing bowl of peanut brittle and gets disgusted looks from Marty in the 1985 um, dinner scene. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. It turns out the origin of the peanut brittle was from a deleted scene in which the father of a little girl on the softball team bullies George into buying peanut brittle at a fundraiser. All the while Marty <laughs> tells him to say no, symbolising that George McFly is a weak person. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's so good, isn't it? Oh, it's, the, the detail they went into in this film is incredible. Mate, honestly, I'm just reading through a few facts on the web as we've been going through this. It's absolutely brilliant. Right, we've got the Ultimate scene now. Yeah. <laughs> I love that George has gone from being a pushover to being a bit yeah. of a bully in like 10 seconds. And now Marty's fine again. His hand has come back. His family have come back. Ah, oh, such a good moment. Ah. Oh. It's such a good feel-good film. It's so cool. They just don't make films like this anymore. No, wait. Where's the feels? We we we're supposed to have feels in a film, and we just don't get it anymore. No, like you get it. We talk here. about we talk about feels a lot, don't we? But like, I can't think of a better scene for feels than this one. No, it's yeah, yeah. It's all about the feels. I love the music. I think the the scene is just absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I love it. It's me and brilliant. my wife Natalie. If you remember, had Earth Angel as our first dance song at my wedding. Yeah, I, I remember. Was, which is a perfect tribute to this film because I just love it so much. Definitely. Spot on. And they're all asking for one more song. Yeah. This is an oldie. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an oldie where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great. So, such a good build-up. To such a classic moment. Yeah, it's brilliant. 
Lily tells people to try and keep up. What I really want to know as well is, like, so in the um, in the in the present in nineteen eighty five, sorry, Chuck Berry has written this song, right? Yeah. So in a minute, when Marvin Berry holds the phone up to say, "Have you listened to this song?" Is <laughs> has that already happened, or? Has he written the song in a different future? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake, my head hurts again. Oh. You know what I mean, though? Makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Because surely Chuck Berry had to write that song for Marty to know it, for Marty to sing it here, for Chuck Berry to then listen to it and then write it. <laughs> I'm so glad this is an audio podcast because my eyes have just gone cross-eyed. Are they? <laughs> oh, man. Trying to figure out what you the the timeline it's it's tricky. You need to uncross your eyes and look out for those Pepsi references. So many of them. <laughs> this is the, the Marvin Berry bit. No. Yeah. I just thought that he has to tell him it's your cousin Marvin. Yeah. And then he has to say Berry. <laughs> Obviously for <laughs> us, but... <laughs> yeah. James, it's your cousin. Who? Jake. Who? Jake Warner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that cousin. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean now. <laughs> yeah, just in case you didn't get it the first time. <laughs> yeah, when me and Natalie got married, we tried to get an Enchantment Under the Sea Dance banner made. Um but due to budget constraints and time, it never came out. Like, we never got it. <laughs> but it was going to be my little thing in that when we had the first dance, we were going to have that Enchantment Under the Sea Dance sign above us, but we never got it. Oh, I think you did well anyway. Yeah. I was going to make one, but you know, it's just one of those extra things. When you're organising a wedding, it's already... I mean, God, is enough to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's done too much there. Look, he's, he's yeah. gone too far with that track, and the uh, the nineteen fifties kids look absolutely flabbergasted. Strickland's not happy. They all look a bit a bit stunned. <laughs> so good. I, I love that he was too loud in the eighties, and then he's still too loud in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was always going to be too loud in the fifties. What I like as well is that. Um, even though he's got a plot crucial point going on with Doc Brown where he's got to be in the DeLorean at a certain time. Uh, he's dicking about in the high school playing a guitar. <laughs> he's really, he's got like, what, half an hour to get to the car and get back to the future. And then, yeah, he spends a lot of time playing guitar and then he still takes time to give his future mum a, like a little attaboy sort of tap on the chin. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well done. You you did it. Yay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've got to go and get to the car for this really time-critical lightning bolt. I mean, this I'll is see probably you later. One of my, yeah, this is one of my favourite Back to the Future complaints as well, which again is, is lovely when you look on the internet, but um, it's the thing that would Lorraine and, would Lorraine and George not remember Marty and then when they had him in the 80s or whatever in the 70s would they not have known that that kid that's now grown up looks just like that kid that brought them together at school yeah and would that make them think well maybe there's someone else who lives in the area because there's still Hill Valley yeah. maybe, maybe there's been some sort of affair going on because the gene I, pool's know. not very diverse in Hill Valley as we find out <laughs> 
But it's that age-old thing, isn't it? Where I think it was the comedian Ed Burns said, um, there's a moment where in 1985, Lorraine would turn to George and say, you know that guy we met in the 50s? Did you have sex with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. It's just so, like, that. There's there's so many detailed moments in this film, but then there's yeah. that one big glaring plot hole. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's... It's the classic plot hole of plot holes, isn't it, really? Yeah. But again, you have to give all that up when you're enjoying a time travel film, because otherwise, like you say, me and you just end up with big headaches and problems. Yeah. Okay. Now they are going to go back to 1985 at 1.35am. I love that readout. It's great. It's got a little light for AM or PM. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I mean, Doc's watch has got to be pretty precise on this one, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, how long does the lightning bolt last? Like, less than a third of a second? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's the speed of light, isn't it, Jake? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know a wind up clock that's probably accurate enough you ever seen it on YouTube when they like show slowed down footage of lightning bolts hitting stuff it's fascinating yeah. to watch because you get like if you slow it down to it's frame rate you get like literally one frame two frame gone <laughs> it's mad isn't it what, there's uh, a, yeah. a group of people that's like that do... 25 frames a second or 24 frames a second and you only see two frames of the actual lightning bolt yeah if you uh, watch the slow-mo guys, they have um, yeah. cameras that can film in sort of multiple thousandths uh, of a second. And they've actually managed to film light travelling. They've managed to get a camera to go that fast that it could film the travel of light. That's insane. It's, it's, if you, it's on YouTube, but it is bonkers when you're watching light move. Oh, man. What's it called? Light move? Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's something like speed of light, and it's the slow-mo guys. That's brilliant. They're really cool. They do other things as well, where they get six-foot inflatable balloons, fill them with water, and get inside them, and then pop them and film it in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) This was like the thing Ethan was telling me the other day at work about um, how you can put... um, There's a guy that puts rubber bands, rubber elastic bands around a watermelon, and he sees how many he needs to put around it until the watermelon explodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, clearly you've got too much time on your hands. It's lockdown, Jake. Everyone's got too much time on their hands. Oh, God. <laughs> I think this is probably the most indulgent thing I've done since lockdown, is sit with you and do two hours of Back to the Future. I don't think I've wasted that much time. No? No. I've... I I mean, I have been watching a lot of true crime documentaries, which yeah, has yeah, been yeah. a complete waste of time. I watched all the World War II documentaries on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) So when I go to Mastermind, my specialist subject can be the Battle of Stalingrad. Excellent. (laughs) So Doc's up the clock tower. Yep. He's got to try and make sure the cable all works because it's very important that the lightning bolt travels down this cable. This is a homage to a 1923 silent film called Safety Last. Okay. Um, so there's a bit in Safety Last where the character played by Harold Lloyd, I think it was, is hanging off of the 
um, clock of a clock tower. Oh, okay. And it's a direct homage to that like moment where he has to hang on. Like, yeah, now, and he's hanging off. Yeah. And the clock, because the clock tower's jinging, and it and it the the bell like scares Doc. It's great. It's. I love the big statues as well of the cats. Yeah. So weird. I just love the tension building that they do. That Zemeckis does so much work in this to to build that tension and yeah. the, the lightning and the shots and the wind building, and they do loads of quick shots between the DeLorean, Doc, Doc's face, Doc's hands, and the cables. Like it's just perfect. It it's yeah. It's and the, the timing. It's the best the climax. Yeah. So good. It just it's just it's a masterful bit of filmmaking, really. Like you see the bit now with um, with Doc's hanging off the top of the clock tower, and they do a zoom into his feet, and then yes. zoom into his hands, and it's all about like the seconds building up to him, just putting that, just basically connecting two pieces of wire together. Um, oh, it's brilliant! Yeah, like the, the basis of the sh- of the the plot here is really simple, isn't it? But it's yeah. so well cut together. Yeah, and then obviously there's this, there's always that red herring bit in every film like this where. Doc finally gets the wire into the plug, but it unplugs from the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we see in a second, I think. This is where I'm now with Marty in the car. Where are you at? Yeah, Marcy in the car. He's just put the hook on the back. I don't understand why the hook wasn't always on the back, but I guess it's because the bit of cloth that they had wasn't big enough to yeah. cover the, the the hook and the car at the same time. Yeah. Now Marty's figured out he can manipulate the time machine to go back to 1985, but earlier. Yeah. I like that he says, uh, flux capacitor... Fluxing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and then the ultra reliable DeLorean fails to start. Yeah. Yeah, the DeLorean has problems starting in a lot of the, the, the scenes in this film and in the other films. Yeah. I wonder how much of that was in the script or just a natural aspect of working yeah. with a DeLorean. <laughs> but obviously, James. If you're going to make a time machine, make it with some style. Yeah. <laughs> I think Marty's playing with the headlights. Yeah. It's like, oh, that, that's the headlights, Marty. You're looking for the ignition. Right, so Doc's now got the cable on his foot and he's hooked it to his foot and he's now trying to bring it to his hand while holding on <laughs> to the clock. It's a really good metaphor for time as well in that He's obviously running out of time, but he's actually physically hanging off of a clock. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't uh, get any better than this. No. Christopher Lloyd should have got the Academy Award. Really should have done. It was so, it's just, it's just excellent. It's so well done. Oh, cl- wind-up clock's gone off. <laughs> It's the classic hit your head on it and it'll start motif. (laughs) (laughs) Always works. Always works in movie world. 
Right, Doc's finally got it, and it's too short. <laughs> yeah. I love how dramatic the music is up until the point he realises it's too short. Oh, it's and then amazing. The yeah. And now the car's coming, but the cable's still not connected. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Just how he screams at it. <laughs> <laughs> when he realises it's unplugged he doesn't say anything, he yeah. just screams that at it that scream that Christopher Lloyd just did was exactly the same scream I did last week when I'd measured a beam to put on the wall as a floating shelf and I'd done it so perfectly but when I hung it, the second time I'd hung it because the first time it wasn't right the second time I hung it, it was still too far over to one side <laughs> <laughs> so I just screamed at it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's... Uh... It reminds me of you and your dad when you ripped out the fireplace. Yes. <laughs> okay. Doc's got to get the cable quickly. The car's coming. Will he make it in time, Jake? Yeah, it's movie world. He's got to make it in time. Also, that car's definitely not going 88 miles an hour when it's on that road then. Unless they've no. slowed it down. <laughs> I mean, Doc Brown would have been killed by that lightning. Yeah. Inexplicable, he's, he's fine. But he definitely would have been murdered. That would have killed I like, him. He would have been murdered. And even if he survived, I love how he's shocked at the, at the science that he understands. Yeah. Like, he's shocked that that worked, even though he worked it all out himself. Yeah, he's really um, flabbergasted that it actually did it. Because what was going to happen otherwise? The, I guess the DeLorean was just going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fire trail tyre marks that it leaves. Um, it... Again, probably one of those things that when they came up with it, they didn't realise that it would transcend pop culture in such a way that it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those are... you know what I mean? Yeah, they're as iconic as like Darth Vader's voice and breathing. And yeah. they, you know, it, they're, they're up there, aren't they? They are, yeah. Like you give Darth Vader breathing because he needs to breathe because he's got an he's he's got a respiratory problem, but it just becomes more iconic than anything else. This is the mayor, James, on the bench. All right. So this was the mayor from the fifties. He was now oh. in the eighties, and he's oh, he's down on his luck. He's a homeless man. He's got a drink though. Yeah, he's okay. I mean, he's not okay, but bless him. <laughs> I, the DeLorean's ruined the what would it, what was the cinema, but now seems to be the Assembly of Christ. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. It's weird, isn't it? Also, you realise how shit the 80s looks by comparison to the 50s. Yeah. And Marty looks really happy to be back, whereas I'm like, I prefer it the 50s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird to think that Marty's present is 35 years an hour past. Um, oh, and Marty's mum and dad's present is 65 years in our past. My my head hurts again. <laughs> you what? My head hurts again. Oh, it's the Libyans. It is the Libyans. They just drove past the DeLorean and did not bat an eyelid, even though they were looking for a DeLorean earlier. <laughs> <laughs> This one was covered in ice, though. It might not be their DeLorean. <laughs> yeah. 
you've seen this bit, James, where Marty runs into the mall car park. Um, yeah. The mall is now called the Lone Pine Mall. Yes. Because There's... Marty ran one of the trees over at the beginning of the film. I love that. It's... It's, that it's clever, isn't it? It's brilliant. Because uh, if you look, if, if anyone's watching this, if you look at the beginning, it's the Twin Pines Mall um, until Marty goes back and runs the tree over. Now it's called the Lone Pine Mall. So good. It's so clever. And now we see the car chase, Doc Brown being killed. That's all from Marty's perspective. He should have gone back a little bit earlier. Yeah, he didn't really give himself a lot of time. Like, he has ultimate flexibility. And yeah, he, gave he could have given five himself minutes. at least an hour, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if Marty completely forgets that Doc's been killed. Yeah, he's too busy. He knows he survives because he's there, so he doesn't need to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, presumably, presumably when Marty goes over to the dock now, he, the dock looks like he's dead. Yeah. Is Doc pretending to be dead? (laughs) Yeah, and for whose benefit? (laughs) That's what I want to (laughs) know. For what reason would Doc pretend to be dead? I... Okay, Doc's alive. Uh, Doc's Great alive. moment where they both turn to each other. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so good. And then he's got the Kevlar vest on underneath his little jacket. He didn't tell him whether or not the Libyans shot him in the head. No, no. I mean, just don't steal from Libyans. That's the, that's the lesson here. Yeah. Not wear a bulletproof vest. Yeah, maybe if Marty just wrote don't steal from the Libyans in the future <laughs> yeah I also want to add James that that letter that the doc's just given back to Marty yeah um, it looks a lot older than a 30 year old letter because <laughs> 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 I've got I've got some documents that were left to me from my dad um, from his shop and these documents are post dated 1960s and yeah. that's a lot further away than 1955 was from from Marty. So, and they they look fine. They're typewritten. Yeah. They're they're still okay. They're a bit musty, but they're still fine. You mean they don't look like they've escaped from a pirate ship? <laughs> they don't look like a treasure map from a fucking pirate ship. <laughs> uh. Right. Okay. That's it. Doc's now off. He goes. Uh, I think Einstein is with him. Um, Einstein's fine everybody by the way yeah Libyans don't kill dogs apparently Libyans definitely don't kill dogs yeah thank god for that it would be a really cruel film if the Libyans had shot Einstein though wouldn't it yeah because you know you can't put a bulletproof vest on a dog I don't I'm sure you probably can I'm sure they do in America not a hidden one of course it wouldn't be a hidden one would it what are they going to hide it under (laughs) exactly like a little dog jacket with a little Kevlar vest underneath. Could oh, happen. Pepsi reference. There's another yeah. Pepsi reference. We've got it. I'm on nine. Nine. Nine blatant Pepsi references so far. I'm sure I've probably missed a couple. I'm sure anyone that wants to correct me can correct me on our Twitter later. <laughs> I love how all like 80s modern technology is Japanese. It's brilliant. Yeah. You've got the Panasonic. You've had JVC. You've had the Walkman. Yeah, and there's that post that just says sports again. Yeah, that was you were on about that earlier, weren't you? Yeah, 
In fact, it says it twice. <laughs> so good. So hang on now. Marty's now in the same house, but the house looks better than it did before, right? Yeah, a lot better. Like, he didn't notice it from the outside at night, I guess, but... Yeah. And everyone's in, like, <laughs> really fancy suits. Yeah. I mean, 80s fancy suits. So funny. I love that Marty's wardrobe is probably still the same in his bedroom, still a bit shit, but everyone else's life is much better than, than anything. I, the future for them is great. Marty's exactly the same. Yeah. I love this with the parents now. That's really good. <laughs> it looks. Uh, Marty's dad looks a bit like Joe Biden with more hair. He does look like Joe Biden, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> with the shades on. <laughs> Yeah, he does. That is weird. Right, so he's still got the date with Jennifer tonight, even though that was in an alternate reality that never really happened. So We've erased that now, haven't we? I love that the butterfly effect of all these changes has had a massive change on everything else except for the stuff related to Marty. Yeah. Also, Biff's outside washing BMW. Um... Why Why would they allow the guy that tried to molest... Um, uh, what's, her, what's her mum's name? I've lost her name in my head. Lorraine. Lorraine. Why would, they, why would they allow the guy that tried to molest Lorraine at high school to be their personal car waxer? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is a different timeline again. <laughs> just a bit, that's a bit fucked up, isn't it? Like... A little, yeah. Not nice to them at school. You don't want to see that guy again. You certainly don't want him living with you. You really don't. It's strange. Right, okay. George McFly has now released a book, which is based on the um, the comic book slash Marty arriving as Darth Vader. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh, it's good. And now um, we cut to the garage. Marty's now in the garage with the Toyota truck. Again, another Japanese-made piece of technology. We should have made a Japanese tally. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would have killed this bit of paper I've got if we had the Japanese uh, technology tally. So cool. I... <laughs> That's great. Aww. We have to address in the second one um, the recasting of Jennifer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when you watch them back to back, it's a bit weird, isn't it? It would. Do you know what? It would have been easier in hindsight for them to have recast Jennifer at the end of this film and just said that she's a different Jennifer from a different timeline. Yeah, because she got erased when Marty went back to the eighties. It's a bit sad, but uh, to the fifties, it's a bit sad. But ultimately, I think it would work. Definitely. I I love that entrance for the DeLorean. So oh, he cool. just smashes through the bin. Yeah. And Doc's suit here, or this dressing gown things, just mint. <laughs> he's yeah, he's just come from the future, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's got Mister um, Fusion <laughs> with the banana skins. <laughs> I love that he's just putting beer and crap into the fusion reactor. 
I also like that the tie that Doc's wearing is see-through. <laughs> it's like the oh, see-through. I haven't looked. I haven't noticed that yet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it is. And he's got a Japanese shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having that on our Japanese tally. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a different a... license plate, like a futuristic license plate on it now. Yeah. Still a wind-up clock on the dashboard, though. Oh yeah, obviously. That's like those saloons in 2020 now that have um, the little clocks in the middle. You ever seen those? Yeah. Like Skodas and BMWs and, and Mercedes-Benz have them. Strange. <laughs> That's it. That's We've it. it. That's the end of Back to the Future 1. And I... So yours is an hour and 51, right? Uh, I've so just if hit... I pause it now, yeah, about one hour, 47 minutes, it's finished. Right, you see, mine says an hour and 52. How have you got... What have you watched? I don't know. This is probably why we keep going out of sync. Um, yeah, maybe. Because I must have had, like, a bit at the beginning yeah. that you didn't have, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, James is... I've got the DVD version, uh, which is from, I think, 2005 or something like that. Um, it's called the Four Disc Ultimate Edition Back to the Future Trilogy. <sighs> Yeah, I've just got the regular old Google Play we've made it up as we went along edition. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's strange that. That was really odd. I'd love yeah. to be at the boardroom meeting where they decided to make this an hour and fifty six minutes long for no apparent reason. <laughs> yeah, I think what we need to do to retcon this with our listeners is make sure we all figure out that we're all watching exactly the same version of the same film. Uh, <laughs> otherwise it doesn't work. Oh well, I mean, it's it was a good. I enjoyed that though. It was different to the way we normally do it. Yeah, which That's is funny. we we normally watch it and then pass comment on things as we go. But I think this is this is good. This is uh, I I think I'll have to yeah. get out the the mindset of watching the film and just talking to you about the film because I was trying to do both and I don't know if that worked. But we'll have to see. <laughs> Maybe in the yeah. next one, Jake, we'll I'll watch it prior to watching it with you. I don't know. Yeah, we could figure it out. Yeah. Um, I think it went well. I, I loved it. I hope people actually enjoyed it, because if we get like loads of hate mail, we know that we're not doing another one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll ah. revert back to our old way of doing it. but We will just refer back to our way. We'll give you 20 minutes of silence in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have to toggle through Spotify or, or, or Apple Podcasts to figure out when we start resume talking again. <laughs> Maybe, maybe if we just watch it in complete silence, but record the silence. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll talk about it at the end. Yeah. And the watch along is just the occasional. <clears throat> <laughs> or the sound of someone clicking their fingers or picking their nose. Oh, oh dear. Well, that was it. That's Back to the Future 1, done and dusted. I actually really enjoyed that. And I don't think in my head it felt as long as it was, you know what I mean? It didn't feel as long as I thought it was going to feel. No, no, I think it was It was good. Uh, it, it, like you say, it didn't feel that long, which is nice. It's crazy. I don't actually know how long my uh, Mac's been recording for. It doesn't say. Uh, uh, I, I can give you a good idea. We are coming up to two hours, Jake. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> right well what we'll do is we'll get this one done and out there you guys can enjoy this and then me and James will work tirelessly to bring you another one uh, hopefully the week after so we can do the Back to the Future trilogy together 
Sound good, James? Sounds perfect to me, Jake. Sound. I don't think I've got anything else, and I think we'll uh, we'll get off. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on our first Back to the Future, first ever watch along. Um, and yeah, we'll see you all soon. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.